Yo, what's up? This is Flex Alexander. It's your man Carl Payne. And you're listening to the Eminem and Eminem show. Mm, okay. <laughs> Did I say too many M's? <laughs> what's going on, world? It's your man, Mr. Mac. And I'm Crystal Levent. This is the Eminem and M show, a.k.a. the K show, coming to you live and direct with a young brother we think you should get to know. There's a lot of money in his name. There's a lot of words in his speech. There's a lot of lines in his bars. But we have very little time. So we're going to shorten all that up so we can get to the point. Homie, could you please tell people who you are so people know that I'm not lying? You already know it's your boy, Honey Grand Royce, all hundos on, straight from Harlem, New York, joining the Mr. Mech Show. What's good, y'all? Peace. Eminem and M Show. It's not just me. Like, uh, Eminem, pardon me, pardon me, the Eminem and M Show. Shout out to y'all, man. There's a whole white lady over there you can't miss. <laughs> I see you, I see you. Welcome to the building. She, she, well, she's, she's white except for her taste in men and earrings, apparently. <laughs> they're not, they're That's not, what it is. Folks. Nothing That's white about, about, nothing white about them earrings. Everybody loves bamboo. Come on now. I, I said what I said. I wasn't, that that wasn't classic. an insult. Well, some people can't see what you're talking about, so I'm going to tell the ladies out there who are ladies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you, notice, you notice that earrings is the only problem I have in that statement. Pairs. How many? The earrings, no, I said the earrings is the only problem I had with that statement. That's why I think it's funny. You're like, taste in, <laughs> see, taste in men and earrings. Boom. But um, yeah, is that, that? A, Well, you're going to complain about what I'm wearing. What are you wearing? Is that a McDonald's shirt? No, I'm not wearing no McDonald's. Damn McDonald's shirt says McDowell's. McDowell's <laughs> so much better. Home of the big Mac. I was gonna say. Yes, indeed. Two old beef patties, special you- lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, but they have a sesame seed bun. His buns have no seeds. Big Mac. <laughs> the big Mac. <laughs> Queens Boulevard. What you say about my shit? Black owned business. Yeah, every, every day, I ain't gonna be wearing no uh, McDonald's shirt. It's all black-owned businesses out here, even if the black-owned businesses are fictional and only existing. <laughs> I'm still gonna be supporting with. Well, the, the movie was still the movie's still black-owned business, right? So technically, I don't know if it's black-owned. Is it? Yeah, no, I, I don't think I don't think Eddie Murphy owns that movie, but he should. What about the What about the second one? Is there a second one coming? Unless he's doing it with Tyler Perry Studios, it's not going to be black owned. <laughs> well, speaking of black owned, what do you own, Mr. Other Black Guy on the, on the screen? Mr. Royce, <laughs> Honey Grand, all honey, honey, everything. I don't know. I don't know how, how to shorten it. You go by Royce. You go by Honey something. You like, call me Honey. Name. You call me Honey Royce, okay. Honey Grand. You know what I mean? Whatever you're comfortable with, man. It's all it's all one name anyway. So okay. however you want to break it down. You know okay. what? Just just because just just because we've had Royce the five nine, I think we can I think we can go to we can either call him Hunnit or Hunnit Grand. Grand. I, you can call me Hunnit, Hunnit Grand. I like both of those. I run with both of those. And I will take a Hunnit Grand if you have it. You can have it. You can have it. <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of black on business, if you got hundreds of grands, what do you do exactly? Well, well, I actually I do music. I rap. I produce sometimes and I invest in real estate. Yep. Now, yep, what's, yep, that's what's, what's the real estate market like now 
like in the middle of a recession, who can if it's still getting houses, property? I know some landlords is talking about like the the whole eviction thing. It's actually a seller's market. They they selling like hotcakes. So there's a bunch of investors that's buying all over the place. It might be harder to actually get tenants in the building and you know actually get it rented out. But as far as like flipping houses and actually you know buying something dilapidated and fixing it up and selling it for profit, that's going on heavy right now. It's like it's I like almost imagine, hard to get in. I can imagine if you have money, enough money, and not like a fire under you to, to flip it right away, it would be good. Right. Because if exactly. you're gonna invest and you can't live until you flip it, you're in trouble. Right? Yeah, you'll be hurt. But but so then. The, the properties are moving like hotcakes, and you know what I mean. It's it's crazy. It's crazy right now. So are I got I still got getting involved. Or is is this yes? Thank it's more. It's, I see more young black people getting involved in this more than I've ever seen in my life. Like I've never seen this much. You know, you can say millennial age black people getting into this and and investing and learning the business. I have the conversations with people where I came up with like almost daily now. So like it's it's. I'm seeing a big shift in this thing. A lot of people starting to change their mind and, and want to become owners nowadays. I saw a post actually just a minute ago. Um, I think DL Hughley reposted a, a young woman who was talking about uh, financial literacy. She was saying she had asked, you know, why do Asian Americans have the lowest voting turnout with some of the highest they own their own um, communities? She was like, what do they know that we don't? And like, the fact that we want it, we complain it, I say we, because I'm a part of Food mm-hmm. Radio, but to be clear, um, yeah. that black folks want to want to own and want to fix this, but a lot of the tools um, seem just out of reach sometimes. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. A lot of people just didn't know the terminology and how to actually proceed, and they didn't have nobody to actually run it down and break it down in the lamest terms to make it seem easy, so... That's that's a lot of where I'm helping at. Like I'm I'm from the hood. Like I'm from the same place as everybody else. But being I was able to do it, I could break it down to everybody in my circle to make it seem easier than what it is. Cause it's not really rocket science. You know what I mean? It's just nobody really had anywhere to go for that information. So every time I get some, I pass it along to whoever, whoever's willing to, to take it in, I pass it on to. Each one, teach one. That's amazing. Exactly. That, that's guess- my phrase. I tell everybody that. Do you have do you have a circle right now who's all looking to get involved? Like it, we're I, used I have, to we're used to rappers. You teaching class? Do you have a school? Like we're <laughs> used to rappers having a bunch of other rappers around them. We're used to producers being surrounded with other producers. We're not used to rappers surrounding themselves and and cultivating businessmen. We're not we're barely used to rappers being businessmen. That's like almost a new it's not new, but like it being popular is is fairly recent are you around you right now what would you say you have more of aspiring rappers aspiring producers or aspiring business honestly i have more aspiring business people around me now like my circle like the soul through that i always cultivated has always been you know producers rappers etc but this business is hard so a lot of people come and go in this business mm-hmm. but as as far as like like being financially literate and actually trying to come up in the game and actually owning a piece of this company, owning a piece of this country, pardon me, there's way more people that's interested. And when they see somebody that do it, they're way more interested in learning. So I, those type of people have been gravitating to me a lot more lately. And I couldn't welcome it more. 
I was actually gonna ask, well, there's two things. One would be, I was gonna say, we were saying businessmen, rappers, and stuff. Uh, well, I guess those aren't specifically gender, um, gender specific. But I'm actually curious um, about women in your experience, about young women, millennial age women getting involved also in the real estate game. Um, <laughs> and just business in general. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of young black women are very educated. Much Damn. more than, than they're giving credit for. Honestly, in my heart, I feel like women are more dedicated and actually like actually going to actually do it as opposed to taking information in and not acting on it. I feel like I feel like women go after it way more, way harder and they're actually more successful. I, a lot of the stuff I learned was from women in the actual real estate business like. So, you know, I think I think I think that they're they're ahead of of men, at least at least in like my age group and my circle and like the people I'm around, my peers, I think women are way more ahead in that aspect. So it's just it's just up to the guys to catch up now. But you know, okay, then that, there, there are a lot of there are a lot. How do I say this? It seems to me in the hood, everybody wants the sexy job, right? Yes. Rapping, rapping um, is definitely an A one sexy job. Anything sports, basketball, football, are the sexy job. Yep. It seems yeah, the every, right. Everybody spotlight. in the hood yeah. wants the or or any form of entertainment. Everybody wants the sexy job. The thing is, when it comes to women, women don't have as many different choices when it comes to the sexy hood job as men do. There aren't that many uh, women rappers. Women don't seem to gravitate that much. Uh, the WNBA isn't seen as profitable or as sexy as the NBA. There's no well, I'm WNBA I have to hold another job. <laughs> right, like you, you can be in the in the WNBA and be I financially, but yep. you be like LeBron right. level. I. It's an achievement, but it's not necessarily wealth. Yeah. Right. There's no the women's baseball team. There's no major league baseball for women. There's no NFL for women. Oh, softball. Really? Okay. They got they got something close, but it's not sexy. It's not seen like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you think about yeah. it, in those aspects. The only real sexy, well, sexy job, jobs are sex work. Well, I was about to say the only real sexy job women have available that that the hood will uh, that the hood will accept is modeling. Mm -hmm. If a woman tells you she's a model, then that's a hood sexy job that the hood is with. So, if you think about it that way, there Indeed. will be a lot more women who are looking to get into business and to make their own moves business-wise because they don't hunt down the sexy dream job. They hunt down the bag. They're after the bag, first and foremost. And, and what I and what I learned is that women make the dirty work sexy. They have no problem making the dirty oh, work look sexy. Exactly. Pull, your arm, pull your sleeves up and they make that shit look good. It's, a lot, it's not a lot of men that actually want to do like that work. You know what I mean? As far as, as far as what stuff like the like just just the day to day grind, you know, actually going through paperwork and emails and talking to people you don't want to talk to that might not necessarily get results, but pay off in the long run. You know, mm -hmm. you, you don't get the instant gratification that some people might look for, but they have no problem in doing those little baby wanna... steps that get you where you need to be and make it look good at it. So, you know, right. that's why I'm more inclined to work with right. them. That hustle big ass deals. Hundred million. Boom. Word up. Word uh, up. I have a question. I have a question. Actually, speaking of, we we talk about women, women and men, how we collide, how we 
eat, how we interact. I'm curious within like moving from a music and sexy job to maybe uh, a more long-term stability and maybe, you know, probably a better job. Um, mm -hmm. But interacting with women and, and, you know, there's all these corporate flirting rules now and that there always should have been, but you know, within the Me Too stuff, I'm just curious how, how you feel like it's working with women. Are there opportunities to meet women? Like, are you, it, could you end up dating a, another real estate businesswoman? It's opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of rough, you know, with that the, the the way things are now. But you know, I always like to keep things professional. Like if I if I come to you on a professional level, I I really don't like to take it anywhere other than that. You know what I mean? Have you turned down some women who have approached you uh, on some yeah. professional stuff? Yeah, Words? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta keep it professional. I gotta keep it professional. I don't like. I don't like mixing because then the business gets messed up and the emotions get, get involved. And you might take somebody that you had an actually good working relationship with and ruin that and start from scratch. So I'd rather not, you know, mom's always said, don't shit where you sleep. So, you know, I, I keep that with me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious to what those, what those turndowns look like. Like after you told them no, I, from personal it's experience, not, it's, women don't handle rejection I don't think anybody handles rejection super <laughs> no. well, but no, I... Right. Well, nobody I, enjoys it, for sure. Right. No, no, no. Nobody but, enjoys it, but, but, it's, but it's how you handle it. I notice women handle rejection. <laughs> They're not used to being told no <laughs> the same way men are used to being told no. So when you tell them no, it becomes a different... It's different. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing. That's why I always say keep it professional. Like, you got to keep it professional. Because even like I could say yes, and we could get it popping, but later on down the line, if shit go bad, either way, it's gonna go bad. Like if it goes bad, the professional relationship is bad, and then you know a uh, you know a mutual friendship might go bad. You know you just never want to mix those things up. Like you know what I'm saying? So, so how do you professionally never, uh, say no? How, what's the professional ver like version of Nah, shorty, I'll pass. It's really like, that's that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're here for. You know that's not what we're here for. You know what I mean? Because I, if I'm working with you, I'm working for you for a specific reason. I'm not trying to come at you like that. If I wanted to come at you like that, I would come at you like that. You know what I'm saying? And I like like the first impression and the first working situation is how I, I you know, how I expect it to continue. So if I'm coming to you like, this is what I'm doing, you know what I mean? That's how I expected to stay. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, let's not cross those lines so we'll be able to work and get money together in, in the long run. You know what I'm saying? It is the curse of all business people that women are attracted to men who don't seem to want them. That is possible. <laughs> it's, it's possible. You walk it's in possible. there keeping it super professional. You're not eyeing her. You're not looking her up and down. Yes. And instantly because of that, she now wants your attention because you're not showing her it. And now this is happening. Yeah. And then, and that's that's a rough situation to be in. You know what I mean? But you gotta you gotta navigate it. Like it's part of being a man. Like you have to navigate those situations. Like if I had a son. This is something I would have to teach them. Like, you know what I mean? You can't just dive into every situation because they want you to dive into it. You know what I mean? You gotta use your head. Especially when it's money on the line, you know, it's reputations and, and positions. And then later on, you know what I mean? Like, I've lived, I've seen things happen. You see people 
You know, it started off for a good look at Harvey Weinstein, the biggest fucking movie mogul in the industry. It was great for him until it wasn't, right? So let's always avoid that. Let's always avoid that. And and I meet you how I meet you. I work with you how I work with you. And keep it like that. So when it comes time to actually getting a woman for yourself, are you? I'm assuming you're single. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not single. Oh well, then that that makes it that makes it way easier for you to turn down everything. How long y'all been rocking? Uh, for long time. Forever, long, and ever, long. And ever, and ever, ever. Yeah, <laughs> long, long, long time, long time. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, long time. If we were gonna ask her, would she have a specific date? Huh? That you st- I said, if we were to ask her, would she remember an exact date? Seven Hell years, yeah. three months, and two days. Hell yeah, probably down to the minute. <laughs> Down to the minute. I think, I think like we, we might want to be careful with this question. She might be home. She, she, might, she might be like <laughs> right. in the other room or you something. You good. You good. You good. Um, so she's seen you through both both careers or both through the, some business moves, business changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what industry is she in? Oh, uh, she's in healthcare. She's curious. Okay. Healthcare. Oh, bravo. Yeah. Thank you to the healthcare. Yeah, right, right, right. I know you so, really know. Nervous. Did she work? Did she work throughout the pandemic? Yeah, Aren't but it's you? mostly it's mostly like inpatient, so it's safe. You know what I mean? That okay. you know they take care of all precautions. You know what I mean? We've been good through the pandemic, so that's a that's blessing. Good. good to hear. Is she involved? Is she, is she involved in your business? Because real quick, I want to say another meme that I saw. There was more of a video. Uh, he said, what sign is she? And this guy sitting at the edge of the bed, she said, come here, I want some. He's like, nah, we just did it. Oh, oh, oh. Then, That's all you want me for. And she's like, nah, 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 nah. It was just going back and forth. It was ridiculous. But, um, and he said, can't we do anything else? Let's get money together or something. She's like, nah, I just want the D. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but do you guys, are you guys involved in each other's work at all? Just, do you guys, you know, um... or is it, or is it, together and separate or it's not like a requirement right but it's like if, if we're a team and you know i want to bounce something off you if i need your help with something she's always there you know what i'm saying but it's not like i require i need you to do this for me in order to get this done now I, I want you to live your life and you know i'm gonna take these chances and when i need your help i need your help and, and she's always willing so you know what i mean it, it works like that like until 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 I'm I'm fully confident enough where I can train you to you know close your eyes and do this on your own, then that's when I do that. But as far as me, what like about, when I, when I go out I take, on a limb, sorry, sorry. oh my no, nah, nah, my bad. When I go out on a limb, it's just you know I don't want to I don't want to take nobody else's chances with me. I take my chance on my own, and then if it works out, then I share it with everybody else. Actually, that's kind of what I was gonna ask. But what about taking a large risk, like? Once you're in a relationship, sometimes, you know, I mean, you've seen the, the movies or, or, you know, scenarios where the guy or the woman, whichever, takes a big risk and puts a mm-hmm. bunch of their nest egg, if you will, into mm-hmm. something that may or may not work out. It's more like a, mm-hmm. a horrible, tragic comedy story <laughs> where he's trying where he's trying to play catch up so she doesn't find out that he's lost their money or that he might have almost, you know. Is she involved in that? Are, is your, is your, are your lives so intertwined that she's involved in your I'm not worried about that like you know I'm just curious the example you gave is like like me personally I came from the bottom like I came from not having nothing so for me to not have nothing again like I'm not worried about that like everything everything is in the black for me because I came from the bottom so you know what I mean if I say I gotta risk it all for this then 
I'll put like this. I'll put enough examples where I say, if I risk it, then you know that's going to work out because I'm not going. My risks are calculated. You know what I mean? So, and I've I've had nothing before, so I'm not scared of that. So when I take a risk, a calculated risk, I'm fully confident. And if I'm fully confident, then whoever's behind me should be too. You know what I mean? So you. Another question. No, no, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Follow it up. Um, it was actually not a follow up. Complete switch, switching. Okay, so subjects. hold on, hold on to it. Let me follow. <laughs> up. Your money and her money is is. Am I am I taking that to mean that you don't necessarily? I don't want to use the word gamble because you just gave me that that great synopsis of how you don't really gamble. Your risk is calculated. Does this mean that? But when I say uh, when you're spending money or when you're investing money, when you're using money to forward the family, are you mm-hmm. mostly using? your own money so she's not caught up do you set aside a pool of money specifically to do the work with or is it all of your money every time you make a move if if it's my risk and it's my idea i'm gonna use my shit like i'm not gonna involve somebody else's paper in my risk but she's always willing to help always want anything i need always willing to help right but i wouldn't put you in that position unless it's dire right but if it's a risk for me that I feel like I'm I'm gonna take and I'll take the loss, if it doesn't go work, I won't take nobody else's money for that risk. Unless you actually come into me and say you wanna invest. Then I'll give you something to invest in. But if mm-hmm. I'm taking a risk, nah, hold on to your money just in case this shit go bad. If this shit go bad, we'll still be straight. And you know, we'll be able to come back up. You yeah, know what I mean? That was that was it seems like you have a how many years have you been in this? Because it seems like you have a pretty good handle on it, but I also know some people can dive in like three months in, they're like, I'm a professional. <laughs> well, sure I ain't gonna lie, as, as far as this real estate shit go, I, I'm fairly new to it. Like, like it was a it was a calculated risk because, you know, I did my homework, but like, it was a risk and it was new. And, you know, I just, I just knew that what I learned and what I applied was gonna work, so. Even though it was a risk, it was an educated risk. Like I knew it was gonna work out once I once I dove into it. So how's the dreads working go. out for you within the real estate community? How's the what? Dreads. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's me. It's right. me. When I when I closed on my house, you know what I mean. I had I had a fly polo on. You know what I mean. I had some I had some tracks pants on, Jordans. You know what I mean. I just had my my dreads twisted. It's me. Like and that's that's the thing about this shit. Like you know what I mean. I don't have to change for nobody. You know what I mean? I have to fit into nobody's standards. When I walk into these meetings or I meet with other investors, this is me. Like, this is the same person that's going to come to the lawyer's office, the same person that's going to sign the papers. I'm not switching up. And that's why that's why I'm in this, because there's very few places you can go and be yourself 100% all the time. And this is one of them. It sounds like, I mean, even when you discuss it, when he asked you, like, how to turn a woman down in business, and you didn't, you know, I'm not a, a white, how do I say this properly? You didn't You didn't get super proper, you just said, that's not what I'm coming at you. Instead of like, excuse me, no ma'am, this is not appropriate. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, it already sounded that way. It seems like- Yeah, because it's me, like- Yeah, into this. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I've done I've done music pretty much all my life, right? So this is, that's like really my DNA. This other thing that I'm doing, is just something else that I'm doing, right? It's just something else, so. I'm always gonna be me, the same person that I was. It's just I'm just doing that in another field. Like it, it might be a gift and a curse. I don't know. I don't know how that might rub people, but it's me. At least you're gonna know who you're dealing with when you're dealing with me, right? You're not 
There's no many different sides that you're not going to get. You're going to get the same me all the time. Next question. Do you incorporate your new business ventures into your music? People to complain um, that Jay-Z started rapping about different things as his life progressed and changed. Oh, yeah. Like, as so. far as, like, putting it into my music, absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's an accomplishment. Like, that's something, like, from the... Like, my music, when it started to where it is now, it just encapsulates my life. So that's just another phase of my life. And I'm going to tell it to you how I tell it to you. And, like, now me and I give my bars out. I'm going to let you know. But, you know what I mean? I'm not hiding that. Hell no. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. Like, I put something on for my family that, that nobody in my family ever did before. So when you listen to my music and you've been a fan of me for a while, you'll hear that next step because, yeah, that's something I'm proud of. The authenticity and Royce music, my, my authenticity and business, uh, that, that who knows if it's a gift and a curse. It really depends on who you're dealing with. Like some people will exactly. use the authenticity against you. Some people may, I, I caught when you said, I don't know how that's going to play out in the long run. Me being me, I don't know how people are going to take that in the long run. But mm -hmm. there, there really is no way to tell. You really don't know until until it starts unfolding. You can be real and you can be yourself. And let me let me hold on, hold on. Before I even get too far into this, being yourself is not for any everybody. Some of y'all shouldn't be yourself. Some of y'all are terrible. <laughs> right. Some right. of y'all are awful. Some of y'all running around right. talking about I'm just being myself. You should be everybody else. You are awful. You, you should work on yourself. You should <laughs> yeah. change yourself. Yeah, like you, you right. can't afford to just walk in there talking about this is me, this is me. Because who me is, is God-awful. You should not be. <laughs> you should work on you being something else. I know people don't like to say stuff like that, but some of y'all... But self-awareness self is key. Self-awareness is key in, that, in those situations. So, you know what I mean? That's part of it. That is well, definitely also, part of it. I say if you realize things aren't working out, um, there's always, you know, two sides, two or five sides to every story and every situation. But... If you realize things are consistently sort of bad in your life or your interactions, mm -hmm. chances are you're a large portion of it. You're Especially the common with different people. Yeah, with Sometimes different people, similar problems. So that's when, once you realize that, I say if drugs are a problem, they affect your finances, your um, relationships, relationships, your health, right? So, but if personality is a problem, personality is a drug too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if your personality a is a problem, well, if you realize that your personality or your habits or your inclinations are a problem because they're affecting your finances, your family, your health, indeed, your relationships, indeed. like you have to work on it. It's something to work on. <laughs> yep. The reason why the reason why those two get and I, I agree with everything you said, the reason why those two get put in separate categories is because one has visible effects that take hold much faster, much faster. Right. If you're addicted you to You start drugs, falling out when you're on Christmas. It right. Become, right, it becomes obvious. Your teeth are falling out, you're getting skinny, your clothes are dirty, you're losing money, nobody wants to be smell bad. Like instantly over the course of a couple of weeks, if you're going at it hard body, like your, your <laughs> yeah. results are gonna show up like this. You want coke? Like this. You, you're addicted to weed? <laughs> like this. Like any, any bad yeah. heroin? Like this, all your all your consequences come around super quick. The problem is when it's your personality. Not only do people make excuses for it, not only do the not only do the the long term consequences take 
a super long term in most cases to kick in. But you can always, there's always somebody who's going to encourage you to stay the way you are because it's seen as a bad thing to change for other people. Mm. Or it makes them comfortable. Your bad attitude makes them right, feel right. Because <laughs> because people seek out their <laughs> right. instead of their instead of their well being. You're attracted to your wound, not your well being. So there's always mm. and, and, and misery. And misery loves company. Company, also. right? And they have mm. they have actual have actual rehab and drugs for people who are addicted to a substance. They have rehab for people with bad personalities, but that's called therapy. And that takes a lot longer to work out. Like the chemical right. are not visible. So I could sit here and be like the number one, the number one jackass to everybody around me. And I could tell everybody who approaches me about it, well, this is me, this is who I am. You don't like it, you like, this is who I am. I ain't changing for nobody, right? It sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds, like a, it sounds like the best cliche ever. Meanwhile, when you're on drugs and people have an intervention and you say, this is who I am, they say, no, this is what the drugs made you. You weren't like this before. This is what the drugs mm -hmm. made you and you need to be better. See, we don't have that kind of snappy catchphrase. This is what the world made you. <laughs> right. The but world has even, not been kind to you. Even that sounds like an excuse when you're using yeah. it for your personality. This is what the world made me. All right, well, it's time for the world to make you something else. Like. This isn't, this isn't what the world made you. This is who you decided you needed to be in order to function in the world. I, right. saw, I saw a post on my way. I saw a lot of posts this morning that actually like sort of jogged my brain. Uh, one of them was, he was saying, he's like, I hope that you don't misconstrue my emotional, um, what's it called, discipline for not taking things seriously. Mm. Because he was saying, my ability to not freak out isn't, um, a, a testament to the level of importance of, of an interaction or an event. It's just that reacting the wrong way won't help me. So like, be not right. So it's like people that they say if you if you um, are easily influenced, then you are. I mean, if, if you get mad, if somebody can make you mad any given moment, then you're the weak one. Yeah, they can get yep. under your skin, they win. So, but it doesn't mean that those things aren't worthy of a reaction. It's like how you react is up to you and that's your emotional maturity so at some point the world did make you this way because you didn't learn how to react properly to the world right that, but, this see, is, that, are, I, but this is therapy deep. but this is therapy I, I, still, <laughs> I still see i still see that as a personal choice i've always right. seen that as a personal yeah. choice well drugs is a personal choice too i mean when it starts yeah but it, and no, then the no continuation one... of it yeah it's toxic though there's toxic everything it's toxic substance right to toxic reactions but if, if, you're, if you're blaming, toxic right, people, from yeah. toxic people, but if you're blaming the world, not blaming the world. Yes, if you're blaming the world. Reasons, reasons versus excuses, two different things. I, I'm not even, I'm not even given which one is a reason or, or an excuse. At the end of the day, this still, still, in my opinion, boils down to personal choice. You made the choice to react this way. You made the decision that this reaction was warranted and that it worked out for you no matter what the consequences were. Now, you, now, these are all your decisions. Now, if you're happy with your decision, if you're satisfied with your decision, you're either in a good space or you're a sociopath and you don't feel good, <laughs> right? 
depending right. on what the decision was. Like if you shot somebody in the face because they stepped on your foot and now you have to do 50 years in jail and you're okay with that, you yeah. know, what <laughs> can I, what can I tell you? Like you're a sociopath. Right. However, there's if, another problem here. Right. If somebody <laughs> smacks you on the back of the head and you slap the tooth out of their mouth and you go home at night saying, yo, I feel justified. He touched me. I wasn't thinking about him. And now this just happened and I'm cool with that. Like, okay, did the consequences work out for you though? Right. Now you can't go back to that place that God might be looking for you. The cops might be looking <laughs> for you. Are you okay with that consequence? Or you could have chilled out and waited till later when no one was around and handled it then. <laughs> out of, out of with the dark. Yeah. One of my one of my father's favorite quotes was um one of my one of my one of my favorite ones from my dad is you don't you don't deal with a grown man's you have to deal with a young man's wrath. You deal with a grown man's patience. Mm. That was one of I my like favorite that. lines from him. He, he, he was like, young people, you gotta react, you gotta deal with their wrath. Their wrath. As soon as you do something to them, it's gonna be immediate wrath because they can't think of anything else. You have right. to deal with a grown Swift man. Swift and violent, yeah. Right. A grown man can wait. Swift and violent was what I described to him when he and I, when this conversation came up. I actually said to him, swift, like quick and violent consequences are my style. That's how I like to deal with things. Immediate and violent. That's my thing. <laughs> right. You do something to me, immediate, quick, violent consequences are, are at hand. And he stopped me and he was like, well, you know, that's for, that's 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 what children do. Children, that's a that's a tantrum. That's a grown man. That's a grown version of a tantrum. You steal my truck in the sandbox mm. and I pull your pigtail. Right. He was like, that's a, that's, a, that's a tantrum. All all I hear when you say that is a tantrum. And I was like, yeah, but you always said somebody you teach a kid the stove is hot, you let him touch it, you burn his hand. That's quick and violent. He was like, yeah, that's true. But that you're not trying to teach a lesson. You're trying to get satisfaction. You're not, you're not even worried about that other person learning anything from it. You want satisfaction. And if you're after satisfaction, you don't deal, you deal with a young man's wrath and a grown man's patience. I can wait. I'm watching. Only in New York will you see a breakdancing homeless person talking to themselves on the street. This is amazing. Just saying. There's some strange things on the... You're probably the coolest person out there, too. Hell, he's just living his best life. I mean, yeah, maybe not his best, but he's in his own mind. He's living in his, his own best mind. Life. <laughs> I, I, anyway. I, I try not to talk about. I uh, I heard a line one time that said, "People tell me I'm out of my mind. If you knew what was going on in there, you'd stay out of there too." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Like you wonder why I stay out of there. If you knew what was going on in my mind, you'd be out of it too. You you'd stay out of that That's thing. That's a good too. one. I'm gonna have to. He's use got that. moves though. He also has moves though. This guy can dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he probably was out break there. Break dancing right on out of his mind. Yeah, he's he break dancing right out of his mind. Um, actually, what you were saying? Mm -hmm. No, what you were saying about about getting out of your mind and stuff. Um, you're talking about normal. Like when somebody said, we were having a whole long conversation the other day about normal and um, and I said, first of all, we're not going back to normal. There is no normal after no. this. It's over. Uh, and um, we we're saying like should, like the idea of like what the, the right way to be or what you should do. And I was like, there is no should. This is your opinion. I was like, there's a hundred million ways to live in this world and you have to pick the ones 
through your life experience that work for you and that work that within your community and that work within your country and, and community guidelines, mm-hmm. right? What works in mm-hmm. one country does not work in other countries. True. Certain laws are different, certain cultures, right? Mm-hmm. So like you, there is no should and there is no um, normal. There's definitely right and wrong. I mean, there's definitely like some basic right, right. and wrong, but, yeah. but as far as how you choose to live your life, it's different. There's yeah. so many factors. But there's still there's still a should. You should do what works for you. You shouldn't do anything that hurts someone else. In order yeah, to do what works for you. My friend just got in the car. Yo, what's good? What's good? Shake it up real we're, quick. Yeah, we're headed to the boat. Okay. See, they That's they should go to the boat because they're going to be working. <laughs> they, they shouldn't brag about going to the boat while the rest of us are stuck in our apartment. See how that like, hey, but you took that as bragging and I was announcing facts. You shouldn't <laughs> announce that you're going to the boat while the rest of us are stuck in the house. <laughs> Still the same thing. I, I haven't, I haven't point of view. Stuck is a point of view. You can take your ass to the park. That, have you um, seen the park around my way? That That's not, that's not a... Mm-mm. That's not a viable option. Remember that dude you said that was breakdancing on the corner? Imagine all of his buddies. Imagine a, a team meeting. <laughs> That's what my park looks like. Like I'll I'll strongly pass on that. Chill. <laughs> I got I got the whole so you think you can dance corporation oh, man. happening. You just got one guy that you think is funny. Imagine going to see the step show. <laughs> is it thriller? Is it really like a thriller situation? Complete with the oh, outfits. Park? Complete with the outfits. <laughs> the outfits. So with the outfits. Okay. Complete with the outfits. And, and, the, and, the, with and the, the faces falling apart, yellow eyes, all that. Okay. I'm seeing all a right, lot. Fine. I've been seeing a lot more homeless people outside in New York. Not outside, as if they're going to be anyplace else. I've been seeing a lot more homeless. We outside. In, um, in New York since this pandemic hit. It's just been reminding me of mm-hmm. how thin a thread most people are hanging on by it and maybe don't even realize it. Like we're so many of us look at homelessness as if it's a decision or as if it's a choice right. or as if it's self and it's or a as if it has an issue. Right. Like or that it necessarily has to do with mental illness or drug abuse. Also, right, sometimes right. it's just like, a financial yeah. reality. Even even in that, we 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 begin to we begin to pull back on the amount of empathy we give people in those situations based on if we think it might be because of mental health. Because even then, we feel like, well, there's got to be some place you can go. You probably decided not right. to take your meds. You probably decided not to get help, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think how many of us realize that we, so many of us are a handful of, I had a handful of bad breaks away from, and it's not a choice, you know what I mean? Like, right. just, and it doesn't, it doesn't take anything as dramatic as a house fire or a car accident. Right. Like it's literally a few things in a row line up. Yep. Well, oh, and they say things time. happen in threes. The right three things could really de- yeah. break an entire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, you are not as stable as you think. Like, there are plenty of people who went to bed okay that night and mm-hmm. woke up the next day on some, yo, what the hell just happened? Yep. Like, in <laughs> the, the perfect storm, right? Yeah, dude, I've seen, I've done enough stories 
on homelessness and talked to enough homeless people and, and, and studied enough of the situations to realize just how, just how close so many of us are to being in that situation. It's, it's yeah. scary. It's, it's, and it's, it's and like I said, it's never anything. It's rarely dramatic. One, once or twice you run into, well, I got into a car accident and, you know, I couldn't work for a minute because of my leg. So I lost my job. And then, you know, unemployment ran out and my bills kind of caught up because I took a loan out at the wrong time, but I had no idea I was going to get in a car accident. Or, you know, the house burned down and the light, the insurance place just jerked me and my family won't let me stay. So I'm in a hotel, still working my job, but now I can't really save up because the hotel is hitting my pocket every week in between travel. Like I'm trying to figure it out, but blah, 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 blah. A couple nights a week, I sleep on the streets just to not not have to pay the bill. Pay that hotel. Right. Right, right. That, well, they say the average. They say the average American can't even handle a four hundred dollar emergency, and I mean, this really proved it. I mean, the pandemic. Yeah. We're not four hundred dollars yeah. behind. We're thousands of dollars in the yeah. hole. So it behooves us. To your point, um, is that figuring out other other streams of income. Some of them do take an investment that we don't have, but some of mm-hmm. it takes just a little education and mm-hmm. small changes, like small changes. Literally putting twenty dollars aside every time you get a yeah. chance or every week or whatever. I mean, that's I'll $20 be honest, become 400 started, pretty quick. I started my journey. I was saving up change from buying backwood, packs of backwoods every week. Like, oh. What the hell am I? I'm just, I'm just saving singles. Like, what am I saving right. this for? Like, after right. a while, I was like, yo, this is a lot. Like, I need to actually do something. Like, $5 coffee. If you start making little, your own coffee, $5 right. per coffee. And it's not what you actually save. It's up. just the discipline. The discipline right. to do that. You know Everybody I mean? knows how to make their own coffee if you need to. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the salt is so good sometimes. I'm 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 <laughs> trying to fi- I'm trying to figure out how many backwoods you was buying that you had. Yeah, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot real man. estate, like Jesus. No, nah, nah, it, it wasn't that. I was just looking at the change after a while, and it, it just gave me a different type of discipline. Just watching it grow, it's like, oh, you know what? Let me try some things, and right. you know, it just, snow- it just snowball. Yeah, it just yeah. snowballed into mentally, like it just changed me up mentally. You look at that, you look at that stack, and you see it getting bigger. You like, I want, yeah. I don't want it. Yeah, I want it. I want this to grow faster. I know little drops yeah. in the bucket add up. My yeah, uh, my old, is, I used to have a just, podcast, a bodybuilding thing, and his his whole thing is thoughts become things. Right. And that's that's like the idea that you can change your body and then right. see a physical change. But the same goes with anything financial, with a job, with relationships. You want you the initial thought that I want this to change yeah. and then you figure out the steps and then there's actual physical change in the actual world like exactly. your thought became an actual thing that's exactly cool. Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich man that's that's one of my favorite books that was good what else you reading yeah what uh, else you I'm curious I, I read Mind a lot of, of biographies I, I read a lot of biographies um, you know a couple couple of investing books the last book I read is called um What's the name of it? Set for Life by Scott Trench. Okay. You know, it's, it's all about it's all about uh, cutting your biggest expenses down and, and investing with that, you know, once you cut your biggest expenses down. So there's really a couple of real estate books and, uh, and a lot of biographies. I was just talking about this yesterday. Um, Michelle Obama's book is next, but um, it was yeah, probably... Yeah, the amazing speech last night, too. 
by the way. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't get a chance to see it. It's, it's on yeah, Netflix. Prodigy, Bobby Brown. You'll see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you say Bobby like, Brown? Yeah, Bobby Brown was my favorite artist all the time. So I read his biography. You know, a lot of people biographies I get into. DMX um, autobiography is really good. I'm but, actually yeah. fascinated watching the, um, the the Chronicles, the um, the Rough, not Rough Riders. I know that one's yeah. on too. But the um, the No Limit Chronicles. Yeah. It I didn't get into that it opened, yeah. I'm from New Orleans, and or I claim New Orleans. I'm from all over, but um, it opened my eyes because I I never thought of Master P as like you know the greatest artist, but he created one of the greatest empires, mm-hmm. and it had such a run. And now he has all these products and real estate. Like he owns so much, so he he really proved that you know the music was a, a means to an end. Yes, music matters. Good music does matter, but the way that he went about um, creating. Um, actual wealth and, and like owning his masters and owning his, and his you know, branding. the branding, the whole team, the squad, like he, and he had a different idea. He's like, we're not going to put out maybe the best albums, but we're going to put out 23 of them suckers and 16 yeah. are going to go platinum. Yeah. And it was just an amazing run That's like amazing. on a financial, it opened my mind to some stuff and the way that he That's knew what amazing. he wanted and wouldn't take no for an answer in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Like, People will try to keep you down and try to make you a small part of their business. But he decided he to own his business, yeah. We used to watch Master P and like Diddy and Hove like growing up, but we never really had, like me, when I say me, we, I mean like my friends, my peers, the the people I'm close to. Nobody really knew anybody that could break that down to you at a young age where, Mm -hmm. you know, you just get it when you get older. But now it's like, you know, as information becomes readily available, Anybody, I feel like anybody could do it now. It just salute to him because that information wasn't there. Like, especially down in New Orleans, where he came from, like mm-hmm. the way he did that. That's amazing. It's kind of magical that he actually came up with that on his yeah. own. Yeah, yeah. That's why you were saying the biographies. That I'm so a good documentary. Yep. I'm gonna get your brain juices you flowing. I'm gonna tell you my my problem with that. I have a okay. huge problem with that philosophy, and. <laughs> It, it comes with it comes with a healthy dose of respect for Master P. I, I can respect what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Um, I'm for the artist first. I, since 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 being a music editor at a music magazine, being a creative myself, being a consultant, being a publicist, I stand with the creatives and with the artists first. The mm-hmm. bane of my existence, as as the person that I am is dealing with someone who, how do I say this? Dealing with someone who is for the business first. That's a problem for me. That's a problem. He he bought a record store before he ever made one single rap. He was like, this is the new new crack. But I'm saying, but this is the new crack. Right, Right. because because he's looking, he was looking in the business. My issue is releasing 23 mediocre albums as opposed to trying to release two really phenomenal albums right. dilutes the biz dilutes the art you're you're increasing the business no. but you're diluting the art you're putting so much right. crap out there and people may like it but people like everything people like anything like right. there's, there's no people are not Put food on the table people will eat something yeah right people eat mcdonald's knowing that it's crap like they know mcdonald's is trash but they still eat it people it's over six billion served like plenty of people eat mcdonald's even though it's trash right and that's my problem with with master p and, and people like him 
is their goal is money first. Whereas artists, the singers, the rappers, the directors, the creatives that I'm in contact with, their goal is making something dope first. It's right. gotta be dope. It can't just be that it gets them money. It has right. to be dope. I spoke to Twister one time and he told me when he just brought like this H2 Hummer when they were brand new and he was making all this money hand over fist and he was covered in diamonds. We started talking about the music and he said to me with like the most serious voice he had, he was high, he was like, you know, he was he was nice. I don't I won't, I won't say he was high, but he's in the most serious voice. He said, yo, I'd rather I'd rather die and go to hell than be whack. I need word <laughs> up. Dope. I like, felt yeah. that. He, and he, he was no. dead serious. I'd rather die. Believe that. I believe that coming hell. from him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather die and go to hell than be whack. If I, I felt that. I feel like we should all say it out loud like a mantra. I would rather die and go to die and go to hell before I be whack. Yep. Me, I agree. That's a good affirmation. We should put that on our mirror and like say it every morning. Yeah, but Master P was okay with being whack if it made him money. That's the difference between the and the artist and quality. But also, this comes from we were talking about the world made me do it or the world made me this way. Part of the reason behind that was his siblings being killed and his family not having anything and he just wanted a way out. So I'm not going to make excuses for him. I hear you about the music and it's just fascinating to me. I guess when the biography itself or the documentary just made me think about doing what it takes. When you look back at it now, when you look back at that story, even the Chronicles, you're going to look back at Master P and his amazing hustling ability, but nobody's looking back at the music. So, I mean... Mm -hmm. You trade one for the other. I'd rather have a legacy of great music that's gonna, you know, stay in the test of time. You know what I mean? Money comes and money goes, but to each his own. I, re- I re- that's why I yeah. said, that's why I started off the whole thing saying, I respect what he did as a hustler, right. as a businessman, as somebody who was able to pull his family out of uh, circumstances and give them a better life and provide for his children and give them opportunities that they never would have seen without his gift of, of hustle and gap. I totally respect it. I never, I never dead Master P and, and talk bad about him or any anybody who's hustling. But my thing is with the art first, and I can't. Yeah. It incenses me to have business people come into my genre, come into my art form. Oh yeah, and crap it up for the sake of making the dollar because they those are always the same ones who jump right back out and don't care about the damage that they did with all these. Right. Imp- I think about all the kids who were watching Master P make millions and millions of dollars, barely being able to rap, and then decided that because I could do this too, right? And now he <laughs> a flood of rap. Yo, I was working at the source when um when what's this kid when Soldier Boy took off, right? Soldier Boy, tell him and 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 Little B when they when those two oh, guys man. Off, I was at the source. I was, I was pissed. I was super mad when when he took off, and everybody around me was like, "Yo, why are you so? This dude is a joke. Nobody's taking him seriously. He's a joke. Like he's gonna come and go." And I kept telling them, "You don't understand what his success means. means. <laughs> he's not succeeding in a vacuum. He's succeeding with a bunch of people watching, a bunch of other rappers." Watching young people, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And they're well, all going to go this way because they think it works now. Because he just right. showed them that it does. And here they came. And it happened. A and whole generation of little. But, and, and to his credit, or to his, I mean, yes, it. you're right. You're absolutely right. I won't argue with you. But when people think that some people were uh, like one hit wonders, great. They were. He owns festivals now. He had he, all the whole time. He's a master B. He had a plan. Yeah. He, soldier. Big soldier did. Bought mm -hmm. festivals. Like he owned people pay to be on his festival field. And then mm -hmm. Chingy, for example, or Mims, I, they have endless Silicon wow. money, Silicon Valley money because they took one dumb hit. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. Mm -hmm. He's not hot, but fine. But he took all that money and he is a wealthy man. Good thing he got out of the arts because I don't think that was for him. But mm -hmm. he's a wealthy man. Good for him. But you're right that it does dilute and it messes up the, the actual game for a lot of people. So I will leave that. I, I, think about, <laughs> I think about the dudes at the time who were true artists, who were nice, who couldn't yeah. get deals because they didn't sound like Soldier Boy, didn't sound like Lil B, didn't sound like Mims. I think about the dudes who gave up. Artists who right. we may never hear, the next Kendrick, the next Jay, the next like yeah. that, had, that really had something to say. Right. right. I know so. turned away or, or just gave up. Was like, I guess I ain't it no more. I guess that's it. I guess what this I'm sound, my sound work. isn't the sound. Yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I've been turned down too many times. I can't get no shows. Nobody wants to. I guess that's it. And got out of here. And we never had that. You know how many like geniuses we probably lost? I know a bunch. He blew up. Yeah. I, know, I feel like we brought some on our show that like should be way bigger. That you we just, absolutely that, have. yeah. So you've picked had picked them because you know their their talent and their skill, but it doesn't necessarily match the industry cheapness or standard yeah. industry standard. Because music. we are we are a genre watered down music surrounded by business people who are cultivated, and that's yeah. why, that's Oof. why we have a problem. That's why we are where we are, and that's why I get people like Royce Hundred Grand. A shot who's who's a new dude on the scene, but I Thank think you. somebody I think people need to be aware of. And I'm glad we spent yeah. most of the conversation talking about who he is as a person and how he's making his right. money as opposed to his music. This way the music lovers are inclined to go hear what he's talking about. And the people <laughs> who are in music because they want to make money are inclined to go listen to this interview and maybe find another way to make money so we don't have to hear their god-awful music. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right, right. get into real estate. We don't worry it's about nothing. the art in that. It's something for everybody, too. It's enough for everybody to get something. Big Soldier and Master P ain't the only one with plans. I got a plan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a little diabolical the with my shit, too. Just gotta give me a second. Homeboy, oh please tell it. every we, we we've come to the end of the run, but I think we we had a we definitely had a great show. This was a great talk, Royce. Please tell everybody where to find you so they can go go pick up on all of the above. You can find everything at one hundred grand Royce. All my social media is all the same. You can go to my website one hundred grandroyce.com, pick up some merch, listen to some music, check stuff out. You can put in Google one hundred grand Royce, and it's going to come up. Show love. I'm everywhere. Is it 100 grand with the number or the words? The number. It's all one word. 100 grand Royce with the number. Okay. That's what's up. Sweet. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank y'all for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the conversation. It was different and I had a blast. Thank y'all. I'll definitely be tuning in more too. Say hi to your girl. In between time, I'm your man, Mr. Mech. 
And I'm Crystal Levin. This has been the Eminem and M Show, a.k.a. the... Okay. Show, may you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. Do us a favor, go get laid. Peace. Make some money. Yo, what up? This is Flex Alexander. It's your man, man, Carl Payne. And you're listening to the M and M and M show. Okay. We're not just a radio station. We're a movement. The all-new FUBU Radio. Playing the hip-hop and R&B hits of today and yesterday. <laughs>